This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Hi, this is Andy Bauman from Tom Ham's Lighthouse. I'm the chair of San Diego Restaurant Week. Please join us for San Diego Restaurant Week from September 24th to October 1st, with lunches available from $10 to $20 and dinner available from $20 to $50. Visit SanDiegoRestaurantWeek.com to see more than 180 restaurants participating in Restaurant Week. Like I'm on a like game show, yeah, in the early seventies. <laughs> Hello, um, it's noon on Tuesday. Thus, we are doing the noon on Tuesday podcast. Um, so I know things might look a little different because Gina's not here. She is in Africa, literally. I'm not being funny. <laughs> She's probably swimming with sharks right now. Um, so. I'm here today with uh, my fellow cheesemonger, Claire. I don't know if there's a <laughs> clapping <laughs> sound. Applause, <of> please. <laughs> um, I don't know. Do you want to tell us yeah. where you work and stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where work, do you work? I work at Benissimo Cheese. Uh, I work at Benissimo Cheese in Mission Hills. Uh, I've been a cheesemonger there for two and a half years, yeah. one and two and a half years. Um I love cheese. I took a break from working in social services uh, to be a curd nerd, and I really enjoy it. (laughs) Awesome. So her being a a fellow curd nerd, we're here today to uh, nerd out with our curd out, (laughs) and we're going to do a really extra nerdy uh, curdication podcast, and today we're going to be talking about what are those little cheese crystals in cheese obviously <laughs> what are they all about and what are what the heck are they and why are they so popular so um a couple i guess we'll start with the kind of what people come in and ask for they're really popular people always um use that as a descriptor when they're looking for a cheese that they've had before in the past they'll say oh i really want that uh, gouda with the Kind of like in pantomimes, they'll come in and be like, you know, that cheese with like little crunchy crystal crystals with the salt. Uh, <laughs> what other terms do they use? Some people think it's sugar yeah. or sometimes like I've even had someone like bite into the cheese as I'm giving them a sample and their eyes kind of go wide and they're like, is there sand in here? Yeah. Like, what is this? What is this? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, t- typically pretty popular. Yeah. Um, so um, actually, we're going to tell you what those are. For the most part, there's lots of different types of crystals, um, but we'll probably concentrate on the two most popular kind. Um, so should we start with a crystal formation refresher? Yeah, of course. Because this is the curd. we got to know what, <laughs> what a crystal is in the first place. OK. And to help us uh, to help us demonstrate, we brought some some building blocks. Because um, science is always better through <laughs> With Legos. With Legos. Duh. Yeah. Or like Duplos or whatever these are. Oh, sorry, Legos. <laughs> Mega blocks, I think. Mega blocks. Um so crystals form, right, when you have uh a lot of different stuff, but in the form of when we're talking about cheese, when there is a super saturation of the the building blocks that are necessary to make this. Um so if you think if you have all these uh building blocks of 
crystals, but they're not very saturated. If you have them in a box and you shake that box a lot, chances are they're probably not going to collide with each other so much. And they're probably just going to like bounce and skid off. Yeah. But when you put – It's like bumper cars. Yeah, totally. (laughs) But if you had like a 3D version of bumper cars – yeah. Um, the chances of these crystals colliding and actually sticking together is is much greater. Um, and so what we see in cheese production is that super saturation of a lot of those building blocks um, of crystals. Things like calcium, things like phosphate, um, things like amino acids. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and... So for the amino acids, mm-hmm. uh, so I guess we go into terracine maybe? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so terracine is a popular cheese crystal that um, you'll mostly find in Parmesan styles or hard Italian styles, uh, goudas or howdas, however you'd like to say it. <laughs> uh, what other styles? And- uh, maybe like Alpine Swiss styles. Yeah. Um, so those are super popular, mostly found on the interior part. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I don't know if, we, yeah, I don't know if you guys could see, see this, but there's, they usually look kind of like freckled specks, mm-hmm. um, little white dots. They're throughout. spears inside of the cheese, but like, obviously once you cut the surface of the cheese, it kind of just looks like a circle. Um, so, so yeah, um, <laughs> So how do these? So how does tyrosine come about? Tyrosine comes about because of the microbes that are used to cultivate the cheese. So okay. the cultures so like used the starter in there, cultures. The starter culture, yeah. So uh, most most common one would be the lactobacillus. <laughs> Helvet. How do you say that last? Word? Helveticus. Helveticus. Like I've been trying font. to say that all t- all day. I'm yeah. I'm not a scientist, y'all. <laughs> so uh, these microbes are usually added to, like we said, Italian styles, Dutch styles, Swiss styles, um, and they help with preventing bitterness in the cheese and adding more of that like nutty flavor in the final product. Um, so this particular culture, though, has a real. Um, Knack at uh, breaking down peptides, which is a, a the protein chain, <laughs> and um, so they'll break them down into free amino acids. So, um, terracine would be one of those amino acids. So, as they're breaking down, they're kind of floating around. <laughs> this is tyrosine. This is a peptide chain. <laughs> this is a peptide chain. And they're floating around and they're bumping into each other. And eventually some of them will form. If you think of like the Legos in a bag and you were to shake them up, eventually some of them would latch onto each other or maybe like a snowflake attaching to another snowflake and eventually you get a snowball. Um, those are eventually going to f- crystallize and form that dense little crunchy bit in the cheese or like glob tag or blob tag blob tag like What's did you play tag? blob tag no. in elementary Tell school me what that is blob tag it's the most dangerous thing children can do on an <laughs> elementary school playground you have like one person right who's the like it right and then you have all these other children who are like running around ah, 
like that. Uh-huh. And then once they tag one person, oh, they have then, to grab hands, uh, right, yeah. with them. And then you have two children running around, being flung around the playground. And it, like, basically then gets to don't this, like – Don't do this at home. Don't – seriously. <laughs> it was banned purely for from visuals. Hacienda Elementary School. And bam, you get a tyrosine crystal. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, if you just think of blob. Glob. Blob. Glob. Depends, you know, the region, NorCal, SoCal. Yeah. I think it was Tag. Blob up north. That's how you will think of these little crystals. So they're actually, they're not salt. They're not sugar. They're a little protein blob <laughs> tag crystal. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But different than other types, right? We've yeah. got like, so here on this other end, we've got calcium lactate, which I don't know if you can see. Um, this is a cheddar. Uh, calcium lactate usually forms on the outside, the exterior, um, and a lot of people think it's mold. It has kind of like this white powdery smear look to it. Um, sometimes you can see there. Um, it usually tends to form on the outside because there's this nice flat plastic surface that they've, uh, you know, wrapped the cheese in, and that provides like a nice sheer uh, environment. Um, where moisture can collect and where it looks crystals. more like, uh, yeah, like a like um, what the Milky Way or something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so these tend to be so tyrosine crystals, right? Tend to be a little bit more like firm and crunchy, like Jess was saying. Um, whereas these kind of are more like powdery, smeary crystals. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, I have a lot of customers when I cut them, especially like the end, the, you know, the, the kind of like a heel of the cheese, I'll have to tell them, Hey, just so you know, this isn't mold. It's, you know, calcium lactate crystals. Yeah. Um, which you were saying used to be a flaw. So they would consider that a flaw. So they were trying to find ways to, uh, get rid of that or prevent that from happening uh, be- because of the uh, customer misperception. Yeah, yeah, that it was mold. And I think that maybe that was like affecting sales or the popularity of that cheese. But now that people are more familiar with, I, I believe, I don't know if this is true. There's no like evidence behind this. But uh, people are asking for the crunchiness huh. of like goudas and yeah. parmesans that I feel like that's trickling over to like cheddars. the cheddars hmm. and I get less people like saying like ooh this is moldy and we're like no 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 those are similar type of cheese crystals a natural byproduct yeah. of the aging process uh, natural byproduct of the milk in that one yeah yeah um, and so it's like guys why do we want to change who you are just like accept what you are and it's delicious and like we are now being inclusive of that like you don't need that makeover it's like the theme of every like coming of age story ever yeah (laughs) 13 going on 30 yeah (laughs) all of these movies (laughs) pretty and pink yeah you're beautiful just the way you are beautiful and you're tasty just the way you are so yeah it's interesting to kind of see that come around i mean there's just the other day as we were kind of researching and uh fine-tuning our knowledge of this stuff i actually even went to I know, guys, don't hate me, but I even saw it on Telemuk, um, like a comment page. Uh-huh. That they were like having on to Telemuk's ex- website. Website. <laughs> they're having to explain to the customers that this is not mold and that it's completely natural. And like so many comments on there were saying, like, "Oh my god, I always cut that off." Like, yeah. like 
just so you could still see that there's still a lot of educating that needs to be happening. And even though the person was explaining it, you you could tell people's um, perception of that has been so long. I think yeah. it'll take a little while, but I think the terracine is um, the terracine is helping the calcium lactate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like the like mutton jeff, like the big brother. It's like, you know, paving the way for like the little brother to be cool yeah. in high school. <laughs> yeah. And I think also with the um even though the crystals don't impart any type of flavor, they are strongly associated with more flavorful cheeses. So it's like, oh, if you see that, you kind of can assume that this cheese is going to be packed with a lot of flavor or a certain type of flavor profile that you are interested in um but we were discussing maybe like do the textures even though they they don't have um the crystals themselves don't impart a flavor do the textures themselves yeah add to the overall pleasure of enjoyment of the cheese of the cheese yeah and maybe yeah and i don't know and tasting it yeah, that's a great question. I have thoughts on that, but I also want to get back to the like actual crystal crystal structure of the calcium lactate. Yes. Before so people are not confused as we continue. So we talked about tyrosine, right, being like the these peptide chains that get broken down over the course of uh proteolysis, over the yes. course of the aging um process. And then you've got all these free amino acids that kind of glob together to make tyrosine. Uh, calcium lactate is different. Calcium lactate um, is this good bacteria breaking down specifically lactose. So the milk sugar that's present in cheese. Um, and then uh, so that's where you get that lactate part. And then of course binding with calcium ions. Um, so again, you see that mostly on the outside. Um, because usually it needs an aqueous, like a watery environment um, for that to happen. Um, and because with the cheddaring process, all the moisture is usually squeezed out from the interior. Yeah. There's just that little residual moisture around the outside. And typically it's on a rindless type of cheddar. Totally. So they're usually cryovac'd. So then there's that layer of... We break down what's cryovac'd. Cryovac. <laughs> uh, so... Is that what like Han Solo went into in the like... <laughs> After he died in one of the Star Wars, Star Star Wars, Wars, yeah, Star Trek. (laughs) We're not that dirty. (laughs) Uh, Cryovac, so it doesn't have a natural rind, uh, but they put it in a plastic material. Then they suck out all that air, um, so like vacuum sealed. Vacuum sealed. um, But there's probably maybe like a little bit of moisture that Mm -hmm. might develop between that. Um, and then maybe some temperature change that might help facilitate that um, excess water being water. lost as mm-hmm. it's aging. And yeah. that might develop that kind of dusty white crystallization on that yeah. cheddar. Awesome. Right? So yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you agree? <laughs> yes, I do. Um, so I, I don't, that's just so fascinating. Yeah. No. <laughs> we have these, all these different crystals that are, you know, of, and these are not even all of them, right? There's no, more. There's even of more, but we don't want to overwhelm the yeah, audience. Right. Also, we are not scientists. We are cheesemongers. And we are learning as the scientists are like putting out more. So people like Pat Pulaski, who we are huge fans of, um, if you want to come <laughs> by the podcast anytime, you're welcome. You're welcome please. Uh, <laughs> Bill Nye, I would love to have you in, by oh. the way. Huge Alton fan. Brown. Alton, Alton Brown. Brown. I grew up on <laughs> We're good shouting out people now. <laughs> 
this is the nerd. This is the curd nerd edition. Yeah, this, curd is, nerd. this is a a space that is welcome and open to yes. all yes. food nerds or just so, nerd nerds. <laughs> um, what was I saying? I forgot. <laughs> Uh, we'll we'll talk about those oh the other, other the other two, oh yeah the other crystals complex. yeah it is complex I don't know as much about them but um, you might experience some other type of crystallization or crunchiness in like blue cheeses if you've ever had like a Roquefort or I think like Roaring Forties might have that like kind of grittiness kind of like where those little holes are sometimes a lot right? of times yeah where those a holes develop yeah, yeah. Um, so those are different kind of crystals uh, usually <laughs> um, which one would would the you calcium say? calcium phosphate? phosphate yeah and the I never know how to pronounce it icate icate yeah one of our um, curd nerds could. Let us know how I-K-A-I-T-E, I-K-A-I-T-E struvite. So those might be found more commonly on like a, a bloomy rind, but I think they're pretty minimal. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how much you would feel that, but then sometimes they might collect uh, quite a bit on like a wash rind. So I've definitely like had that experience of like a grittiness mouthfeel on the, on like a wash rind yeah. um, where they're collecting on the, the, the outer part. But interestingly enough, those actually help with the um, ripening of the, the huh. middle part, too. The crystals themselves help with the right ripening. Ripening of the inside, yes. Interesting. Yeah. See, I always thought because you have, like, washed rind cheeses like a poise or Oma, right, or Telegio, I always thought because they wash it with a salt brine that that was just the residual salt, salt crystals. Like, yeah. I, I'm like, my customers are, I'm like, I think it's salt. Yeah, I think it's salt. <laughs> but, but no, But we're learning, salt. yeah. <laughs> So apparently it is other types of cheese crystals. So just like people, there are all different types of cheese crystals out there. <laughs> this is where we sing, we are the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. Awesome. So as we keep learning more about these cheese crystals, as there's more um, research being done, I mean, we will be happy to share that that information with you guys, both in the shop and here on noon on Tuesday, of course. Um, but shall we dive into the textural the texture pleasure? <laughs> the, ta- the science of texture? Yeah. Yeah. So I recently learned – it's called rheology. Rheology. Uh, rheology. But it's spelled R-H-E-O-L-O-G-Y. Um, and this is like this burgeoning scientific field uh, that's studying the the science of texture. And a lot of it has to do with non-food products, you know, viscosity of things. Yeah. Um, but was reading this fascinating article um, that uh, they're talking about rheology, but then also an, another field called, called psychorheology, which is your perception, perception. yeah, of the, the texture of food and how it affects it. So like the difference ah, between like – Super interesting. Yeah. Just because as you're saying that, I'm thinking of specific customers who always mention like they don't like something because like the texture. Yeah. Yeah. And then you give them something else that has what we would perceive as the same flavor, but the texture is simply different. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is totally different. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah. Continue. So, I'm fascinated. Yeah. <laughs> So one of some of the examples being, you know, the difference between sugar and cotton candy, right? The same the, – the two ingredients in both of those is just nearly sugar. Yeah. But the texture totally changes our perception or why we enjoy gummy bears um, as, you know, which is basically just sugar and like a thickening agent. But why when we have like 
when people have tasted gummy bears in melted form, it's absolutely disgusting because it's way, way too sweet. Yeah, um, interesting. And so that the while, as you had mentioned before, the crystals don't have we scientists have said they don't have an actual flavor themselves. Mm-hmm. There is the possibility that with psychoreology, um, our mentality and our perception of these cheeses does actually change with the crystal formation. Yeah. Which is fascinating. Super fascinating. <laughs> um, Whoa. Now we're getting into psychology, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I mean, it's – I think this has a – this is a little rabbit hole away from cheese, but um, a lot of folks are – interested in psychoreology because we're in this, you know, we had like the the phase of um, the food fads of no cholesterol. And then we had the no fat. And so everything got pumped full of sugar and carbs. And then in the 90s, it was like, well, no carbs. So then everything got pumped full of like fat and sugar again. And then now we're in this interesting space where we want it all. We want healthy, natural foods, right, that are low in fat, low in sugar. Yeah. And so scientists are really trying to – and food scientists are trying to grapple with how can we leverage texture? How can we leverage this thing that doesn't have theoretically any flavor to it but can change our our mental perception of flavor and doesn't add calories? Uh, So it would be interesting to see if, uh, (laughs) you know, if if – Crystals like tyrosine or calcium lactate can, in future years, go to uh, you know become part of foods that are maybe really low in fat or low in sugar, mm-hmm. um, but then still give you that satisfying so, yeah. mouthfeel. And yeah, interesting. I don't know. I guess we'll have to <laughs> wait and see. But I'm not quite sure. But it is such like a yeah fascinating topic because. It is all like perception. And- yeah. Like, what was the first time you had a, or like, what is your most strong memory of like a cheese with crystals? And, you know, what was it? Why did you enjoy it? Yeah. Um, did you eat it with anything in particular? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just, Just with straight, straight, straight up. Yeah. Uh, probably an aged Gouda. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, as most people know, Midnight Moon was probably one of my my favorite uh, cheeses that I started buying at a cheese shop that was um, like a repeat buy for me when I first started shopping at Venissimo. And it does have a little bit of those terracing crystals in there. And uh, we also bought a lot of Roaring Forties, which also had like that kind of gritty feel that added to yeah. that... Um, tasting experience especially if you're new to cheese because not only are you tasting some like awesome new cheeses but then you're like whoa this texture is way different than those blue crumbles in that little plastic <laughs> container or that like wiggly cheese yeah. right or wiggly <laughs> or cheese product smoked gouda yeah, yeah that um, i grew up on <laughs> yeah not that there's anything wrong with it. There's always a a place for a a smooth cheese, too, but... We're not cheese judges. No, we don't judge the cheese. (laughs) Um, But I definitely remember being, like, blown away by both the flavor and the texture. And maybe I was experiencing some of that psycho... Rheology. Rheology as well. And, yeah, so... um, But I also... (laughs) I I remember... um, 
in terms of customer interactions that during the holidays one year I was working and uh, someone bought someone a piece of like the most perfect crystallized uh, Beamster I'd ever seen in my whole entire freaking life. And they brought it back because it was given to them as a gift. And they were like, this cheese is bad. Why? Because it was like, it was pretty dark, like uh, that darker orange color yeah. with a lot of the little nutty flavors. Yeah, a lot of the little crystal bits flavors. in there. Yeah. And like, I remember we opened the piece and we we're like, oh, no, that's terrible. And we opened it and we're like, oh, my gosh, this is like the best piece ever. And we tried to explain like, no, that's normal. Like, this is actually a really awesome piece. But he he just could not be... Uh, converted at that point it takes some time sometimes and so obviously we happily exchange it for a less crystallized piece but i just remember that moment like no (laughs) you don't know what you're getting you don't know what you're missing (laughs) this is like the best piece of cheese yeah um but have do you remember your first like experience with some type of cheese crystal i actually remember when i when i applied to work at benissimo my on my resume it had because i was like i'm applying to a cheese shop i should absolutely tell them what my favorite cheese is because that's that sounded like fun yeah and it was rumano r-o-o-m-a-n-o um which really aged gouda yeah um and i feel like in some ways that's that's often how we that's a question we often ask new cheesemongers. What what's your favorite? What's your favorite cheese? Yeah, what's your favorite cheese? Please say it's not smoked gouda. <laughs> <laughs> Tip. <laughs> um but yeah, I was working uh I was working in the cheese world at Trader Joe's uh okay. for a number of years before working at Vinissimo. And they had another it was a three-aged gouda, three-year aged gouda. Similar um, in flavor to like a ballerina goat gouda, um, but made with cow's milk. Um, oh, okay. And that exact same like color that you're talking oh. about, that like almost like you've almost had. Almost like caramel. Yeah. Or like a good cappuccino, you oh. know, like that like nutty, hungry. hazily nut <laughs> yeah, flavor where it's like not even orange anymore. It's gone like past that. Um, yeah. And those fat cheese crystals, uh, that was probably my first when I first realized that, oh, my gosh, you can have this textural difference in cheese and it's really delicious. And where can I get more of this? Yeah. So. (laughs) Sure. It's definitely um, addicting these cheese crystals. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think if I have any other like random info. Well, we do have a fun uh, maybe if you're interested in like vocabulary and science yes what where the word tyrosine derived from yeah where oh (laughs) tyro tyro is Uh greek for cheese yeah what what was the other part though tyro tyros yeah tyros cheese cheese yeah so interesting fun fact there (laughs) if you would like to impress your friends with that (laughs) which is right here tyrosine So if I, like, get stranded on a Greek island, like, the only word I'll know is, like... Cheese. There you go. There you go, guys. that's all I need to know. (laughs) Maybe it's Theros. I'm trying to, like, imagine, like, put my mind in, like, my big fat Greek (laughs) wedding. Be like, put some Windex on it. Theros. (laughs) Theros. Cool. Sorry to all of my Greek friends that I have now offended. Oh, no. Beautiful language. (laughs) Um, Any other last 
thoughts as we wrap this up maybe? or Just a, an absolute admiration and, you know, continued fascination at how you can have these three simple ingredients, right? Milk, salt, and rennet, um, which are the, the three ingredients that define something as cheese. Yeah. Um, rennet being like the starter cultures. Um, and that how you can have just this immense variety of flavors. It's crazy. Of products. Um, you know, even just thinking of like calcium lactate, you see more in cheddars because cheddars have a higher, uh, they're more acidic, right? When people talk about, mm, I really like that like sharp cheddar flavor. They're, that's directly correlated with the high content of lactic acid. Yeah. And lactic acid, if you remember, plus calcium is what creates calcium lactate. Um, whereas, you know, cheesemakers really wanting to pull out that like nice, sweet, not bitter, um, nutty flavor in those parms and those aged goudas um, and those alpines with adding that lactobacillus helveticus. Yeah. Helveticus. Um, helveticus. <laughs> uh, as, a, as just kind of a happenstance byproduct, we get this lovely tyrosine crystal. And it just never ceases to to amaze and fascinate me that this wide variety can come out of three ingredients. No, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> so so just to recap, too, as you just did, uh, so this one is more uh, a, a reaction from the cultural culture added to the cheese, mm-hmm. but this is more the reaction of some the acid, the acid and the lactose. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, I'm totally fascinated by that too. <laughs> that's and awesome. that's why I love cheese. <laughs> what a wonderful world of cheese that we live in. <laughs> no, it's never boring. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Always more to learn. Always. Yeah. So um, I hope, I don't know. I We're just two cheesemongers trying to, trying to make a difference. Trying to make, trying a, difference. make a difference. We hope we shed some light on cheese crystals. Like I said, we're not scientists. But we admire many of the cheese scientists and foodies and food geeks out there. And I hope we did you guys justice. Yeah. And thanks for um, letting us share. Our- and if you guys want to find any of these cheese, you know where to find us. Yeah. Benissimo Cheese. Just come in and say, you know, the cheese with like the little crunchy things. And we will be able to. Yeah. Know what you We're not going to judge you. You don't need to remember any of this. You don't need to remember calcium lactate or tyrosine. No. Just remember <laughs> that it's not mold yeah. and that it's it's good. Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> awesome. Well, okay. Um, I guess Gina will be back next week. And thanks for letting us fill in. Thanks, Claire, for coming thanks. with me too. Thanks, Jess. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. <laughs> Bye. Hi, fellow cheese lovers. Cheese Whiz Gina here, and I invite you to subscribe to our Noon on Tuesday podcast to hear all about cheese all the time. You can listen on iTunes or SoundCloud or subscribe via FeedBurner under Noon on Tuesday. You can also watch us live every week on Facebook at Benissimo Cheese at, you guessed it, noon every Tuesday Pacific time. We're fun, we're cheesy, so tune in and tell your friends to tune in too. Ciao. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.